Hey guys, welcome to Turn Em Loose, a podcast about bird dogs and bird hunting. Uh, before we get started, I just want to remind you to go ahead and like it and subscribe and share. Uh, if you subscribe, then you'll be able to get the new episodes as they come out and you won't have to go searching. Well, let's get right to it. Hey guys, I'm excited to be working with a new sponsor. It's Electronic Shooters Protection, or ESP for short. Their website is ESPAmerica.com. And they supply custom earplugs for for, uh, shooters, shooting. So that'll, uh, it's just right up our alley as bird hunters. Uh, We've got, uh, a lot of us have hearing damage from just throughout the years, and also from our jobs outside of bird hunting, I guess. Mine was a pilot, and I was around jets all my life, and and I think that probably contributed to some of the problems I'm having today. I just had a ear test done or a hearing test done. And a uh, dog came out and said, you know, I'm surprised you can function. Everything's out of the normal range. And I said, what? So, yeah, apparently I got some hearing problems. But these custom earpieces that you get back from ESP, uh, of course, are custom fit for all-day comfort. But they block out uh, the noises like gunfire and... Uh, that cause noise-induced hearing loss, but you'll be able to hear sounds that give you an advantage in the field. For example, birds flushing. And I laughed because I was in a field trial the other day, and a bird flushed up at my feet uh, underneath my right ear, unfortunately. And the only reason I knew it left is because my bird dog (laughs) went after it. Uh, Luckily, I was able to turn around and shoot the bird, but, uh, you know, it's bad. Also, all these, uh, the plugs are waterproof, and uh, they will they will adjust for the uh, environmental conditions too. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I'm going to have to read about it a little bit. The the model I'm getting is the Stealth model, and uh, they actually can be programmed to meet my hearing needs, which is why I sent a copy of my hearing test uh, in with the molds that I had made for my ear. So when I get a little bit more, I'll uh, let you know more about it. But um, ESPAmerica.com. Thanks. Uh, so, hey, Greg, how you doing? Doing fine, Randy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hear you're having a lot of winter up there in uh, Kentucky, wet and sloppy. We are. A lot of rain, a lot of mud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's better than uh, a little bit further north. Those guys, are, they're still digging themselves out in the last storm. Oh yeah, we're much better than that. We've been I've had the snow here, it's been several years, but it's hard to work dogs in eight inches of snow. I've tried it before. That's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to try that. But uh so you have been uh I've been in Nashville now since uh early nineties. And uh when did you get into Nastra? In the late eighties I started coming with my grandfather, Logan Orangebarger. He uh was a wild bird hunter and I guess a lot of the birds disappeared. In this area, at around that time, I guess it happened in the 70s, and I was really young. And mm-hmm. um, he heard about an shoot retrieve, and we went to it. And I guess we went to a few walking trials I remember going to. Yeah. And I remember asking, what's what I wanted to go to? Well, of course, as a young man, you go to Nashville, you get to shoot birds. Yeah. And the walking trials I went to, you got the birds fly off and fired a pistol. Well, I, you know, I wanted to kill stuff at that age, so I wanted yeah. to run National shoot retrieve. And that's what I've done since the late 80s. Yeah. Well, you've been really successful you're one of the guys uh you know you and and, and a few others uh 
are the guys that are typically uh, at the top of these national trials. Have you won them all at one time or another? Uh, no, I haven't won them all. I've made the finals of all of them. I've won, I think I've won four out of five of them. Yeah, okay. Well, I've not gotten that far. I think the closest I ever got was a final eight, and uh, it's uh, pretty exciting. I mean, I just I, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, most people that know me know that I typically bird hunt more than I trial, but um, but I do, I certainly enjoy trialing too, and I know that uh, you're one of the top guys. So what is your dog of choice? Do you have one? Uh, English setters. I started with a dog. Um, well, I had some pointers with my grandfather, and then in 1990, I got a setter. Um, I named him Mike, Tobacco Smoking Mike, and everything that I've competed with since 1990 has been either a pup or a grandpup of him. And I competed with him, and he was the first dog that was inducted in an NSTRA Bird Dog Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. And I'm proud to say I got three others that's been that's been put in the Hall of Fame. That's either pups of his or grandpups. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I know that Hall of Fame is uh, pretty pretty hard to get into, and uh, you got to have a really, really excellent dog for that. So that's that is that's pretty awesome. I know you're very proud of that. So. Yes, I am. So what uh, I asked uh, a couple other guys when I was talking to them, I asked them about uh, when they're training, what they think probably the most important command that they train is that they train their dog. What what do you? I know it's going to be tough to pin it down to just one command, but what do you just never never go without training? You uh, train a dog this command every single time. What would it be? I think come. That is that's the first command that I teach my dogs. Um, when I'm running with puppies, you know, before I even bull broke or anything, four or five months old, um, I teach them to come to me. I mean, I'm getting too old to chase them down when they won't come to me at that age. <laughs> I teach them to come, and that is something I use even in handling. You know, when they get out there and they get a little wild, a little wide, if I got come grilled in their head, yeah. and I can say come, and they come to me, uh-huh. then I get everything under control, I feel like. So I, I kind of use come as much as whoa. And I know probably the most common answer here would be whoa, but uh-huh. come is the first thing I teach, and I, sometimes I think it's the most important. Right, right. How do you handle uh, in Nasser with the boundaries they have? How do you handle a dog that you know, might want to uh, head out of bounds? How do you handle that? Well, it's something I try to teach at home, um, and it's something that I will say I, I, I kind of don't understand that sometimes, is how the dogs get so smart at that especially the good ones. You know, I do a lot of wild bird hunting, and when I go wild bird hunting, my good dogs look like that's all they do is wild bird hunt. They, they get on the edges and stay on the edges. And then I go to a field trial maybe a week later, sometimes a month later, and they never run the edge. And, they, you know, shoot the tree, we kind of hunt the fields, and they stay in the mm-hmm. fields. And that's always, right. you know, the ones that's really smart figure it out. The right. ones that's not real smart, sometimes I think you end up fighting those dogs a lot when you're trying to field trial to keep them off the edges and inbounds. Yeah, yeah. When uh, I remember when I first started, and but I came up against a competitor that um, was pretty smart. I mean, she was way smarter than I was about Nastra. And uh, my dog was backing her, uh, and she was pretty close to the edge. So what she did is she kicked the bird up and uh, called a safety, and the bird flew into the woods. <laughs> My dog is watching this backing, of course, and of course, as soon as she left the area, I turned my dog loose, and bam, 
my dog was out of bounds for forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole oh, yeah. time, the whole time, my brace mate, the other competitor, is off. Uh, you know, she's she found a couple, two, three birds before I could get a handle on my dog and get her back right. in bounds. So how do you how do you handle that kind of situation? Well, that's a that was good handling by them. They knew your dog wasn't broke to the extent hers was broke, and mm-hmm. she would get the next three, four, five minutes, you know, to field all to herself. And that's exactly right. Yeah, that's all it takes for a good dog. I usually start. I let them chase pigeons early, and most of my dogs, somewhere about ten, eleven, twelve months old, I'll start breaking. At least where I, I let them chase the pigeon, just fifteen, twenty yards, and I make them start turning off of it. Mm-hmm. And then I get all the way to the point where they don't chase at all. They saw at the wing, and shot. And then I force break them, and then I shoot a lot of birds then, of course, and they kind of get out of it. But I got the, I kind of got the basics down. They were young before they ever got their mouth on a bird. That you got to stand here. And then I come back and I break mine solid the wing. I mean, I worked dogs this morning, and one of my main trial dogs, Big Red. I mean, I never shot a bird. We had five birds out, run about forty minutes over, probably about a hundred acres behind my house, and I never shoot a bird. He stands and watches all of them fly off. And you know, my experience is what you got to do. You got to. You can't shoot a lot of birds. It's hard to keep them broke that way. So, uh huh. I got you. Yeah. Well, uh, I've I've I kind of discovered that myself throughout the years now, and I've and that uh, that other competitor that I went against, she taught me that uh, my training program was incomplete, and uh, that's exactly what happened to me, and and I discovered the same thing. So basically, you're. You're, what you just said was that you don't shoot a whole lot of birds when you're training that. You let these guys watch these birds fly off. Yeah, that's and, correct. That's... Uh, and you can keep them from doing that situation there. Yes. And you're actually training for the eye towards competing with your dog, even when they're young, even when they're a young pup then. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I like to – it's easier to get them solid the wing before you ever shoot birds and they get their mouth on it. So I try to get them that way on pigeons at a young age. Then when I come back, maybe 18, 19 months old, to get them solid wing on quail, I kind of got the bases down. You know, they won't right. stay in for the quail, but I can put a pigeon out that same day, and they'll stay in and watch that pigeon fly off. Uh-huh. You know, just kind of eat, you know, gradually work over to where they start watching the quail fly off. And I'll put a rope on them early and let them hit them that rope. So, you know, yeah. it's less pressure that way. Yeah. Then after, you know, maybe 50, 60 birds are doing it that way, maybe a month of work. Put a collar on them, yo, whoa, and just kind of bump it, and it, it doesn't take long. They'll start standing. Oh, that's great. That's great. So you do wild bird hunt your dogs then as well? Oh, yeah, I've done a lot of wild bird hunting. That's um, that's how I got introduced to bird, you know, field trials and bird, or the bird dogs. With my mm-hmm. grandfather's bird hunting, and then we kind of worked over into the field trials. But, you know, tr- bird hunting is my true love. You know, I, yeah. I like the field trial. In the off season, but it comes hunting season. I don't run day trials. I don't. I don't hunt like you do because I can't get away that much with work and business right now. But I make several trips to Kansas and Nebraska each uh-huh. year. And this next year, I'm gonna go to Montana. I did that four years ago and hunted a couple oh, weeks. Right, and then I do some hunting around me in Kentucky. We don't have a lot of birds, but you know, I know where some are, and I try to work dogs on them at least weekly, usually at least on one, at least one covey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm kind of surprised that. Oh, the number of competitors in Nastra that don't hunt wild birds. For some reason, they think it's going to mess their dogs up. And uh, so what, what you're seeing, and what I see as well, is that's not the case. Man. Right. I don't think it is. I mean, I can see where you get that idea real easily. And I've, I've worried about that when I was younger, that, oh, man, it's going to get them where I can't keep them in the fields. 
But usually maybe the first weekend back, I have an issue with it sometimes when I've done a lot of wild bird hunting for two or three months in a row. But the dogs fall right back in line real quickly and understand the two different games. Yeah, yeah. And I've noticed that with mine, too. Usually one weekend trial and, and uh, you know, usually the second day of the weekend trial, they're back in the field trial mode. But, right, that's uh, what I'm at. Yeah, and the real smart ones, they don't have any adjustment at all. They they come out of the box and see all the trailers and the trucks standing around. They know what they're supposed to do. Exactly. I don't know. You're right. I'm not sure how they know it either, but they do. But they do. That's, that's always kind of amazed me to a certain degree how the dogs know what we're doing. But the smart ones, they know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. Well, um, so you mentioned going to Montana this year. You're going to do the uh, trial up there then, I guess, in September. That's correct. I went. I guess they had it there four years ago, and I went. And I stayed at my good friend of mine, Nolan Huffman, mm-hmm. and I stayed at his house. And that makes it real handy, and he knows where to hunt. Yeah, and that makes it nice too. I mean, I don't. I don't go out there very often, so it's good to have a some local knowledge. Yeah. Well, I sure hope they have a better year this year than this coming year than they had this last season. It was it was kind of a bust, I guess, for several reasons, but. I'll be up there too, and uh, you know, I'll, I guess I'll see you at the trial, and then uh, I'll go see if I can find a couple of salt as well. Well, do you have any uh, any advice for a new handler or someone new coming into NASCAR? Yeah, well, it's a great game, and no matter what region you're you're part of or what region you join, there's always going to be people there that want to help you. Not just it will help you, you know, they, they, they'll want to help you. That's one thing I've seen in this game. People are very helpful. Even with the people we compete against all the time are the guys I run here in my local region. We run every weekend, but we help each other so much on training. Um, finding birds this time of year is difficult. We all work together good on finding, you know, birds and call each other and say, hey, I found a, you know, a supply of birds where we can work our dogs. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, that's one thing I like about this game is this, you know, people are there to help you. They want to beat you when you run each other, and they're going to compete, and that's what makes it fun. And that's way, but they also there to help you when you're not competing and you're just practicing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think I've told plenty of people that you know, come out and ask questions. Uh, I, I remember one time down at the Quail and the Post, I just happened uh, happened to buy uh, Scott Townsend one day, and. I just I just sat down next to him and said, "Hey Scott, Randy Schultz." I said, uh, "So tell me about this. How do you do that?" You know, and I was halfway shocked that he told me exactly what, what he did. And uh, you know, since then we've become real good friends. But uh, I think that's pervasive all the way through NASTRA. I think if you just if you just ask, I think uh, you're going to get some help. Right, and, I agree with you. And Scott Towns is one of the best there is to ask. He's He's one of the most talented people I've ever seen with a dog. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, and you and him have run each other quite a bit, I think, over the years. And head-to-head many times, I know. Many that. times. We have many times. It's, <laughs> it's always been a battle. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is, as I've watched you two. And uh, it's it's a pleasure to watch you because I'm always trying to figure out who's doing what handling-wise and so on. And uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. So. Well, well, I really appreciate it. You got anything else you want to mention? And, and, and uh, this podcast is new, and I've got people uh, 
listening in, uh, especially because a lot of the NASTRA people tune in, and um, they'll, uh, you know, a lot of new people will tune in. Of course, a lot of people that know you will tune in and and uh, try to get some nuggets from you. Right. Well, I'm glad to help anyone um, at any time. I'm honored you asked me to do this. You know, shoot the creep and bird dogs is something that's dear to my heart, but I like, you know, I want to see the game grow and do well. Mm-hmm. And anything I can do to help someone new or someone's been running wild, I'm willing to do it. Well, that's that's great. That is great. Well, listen, Greg, I'm going to see you up in Montana. And uh, between now and then, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna train like crazy. I hope I get a chance to whip you. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Somehow I just don't think that's going to happen. Oh, I don't know. That's more than but You've been there much more than me. Your dog's used to that terrain. Your dog's very competitive. So, well, I appreciate that, and uh, so thank you very much for coming in our time, and and uh, it's a pleasure talking with you, and uh, and I'll be talking to you again. Okay, thank you very much. Well, my friends, that's the end of this episode. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and that way you'll be the one of the first ones to hear new episodes as they come out. Uh, don't forget also to visit my blog, which is a birdhunterstoughts.com. There's a link to the podcast in the upper right corner, and you can listen to the latest one there as well. Go ahead and share the blog, share the podcast, and uh, be sure and stay tuned for new episodes. I also have a book coming out. It's called Endless October. The paperback will be out shortly, and there will also be a Kindle edition to follow shortly thereafter. Be sure and uh, try to be the man your bird dog thinks you are. And until next time, happy hunting.